Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I'm going to talk a little bit today about Independence Day, but not too much. Uh, not, at least not in the sense of what we're celebrating tomorrow. Because we know, we know as Christians what God has done. Without God, this country would not exist with our de- without our dedication to God's people in the, in the nation of Israel, this country would not exist. We know that God brought godly Christian men dedicated to the word and dedicated to the freedoms that are inherent in God's creation, brought them together and established this nation for a purpose. And we understand what that is. And I think Christians more than anybody understands what that's really all about. Anybody that ever says that this country is not founded on Christian principles, is absolutely fooling themselves. And there is a narrative like that right now. And there is a narrative out there that's basically saying that our freedoms are disappearing. If you're feeling fear today about things that are happening in our world, in our government, in our politics, I've got a message for you today. Because it's about the Holy Ghost. It's not about politics or presidents or laws or rules or... Islamic issues, it's about the Holy Ghost. And we're going to talk about independence today, but we're going to talk about independence and the Holy Ghost. So if you're fearing today for what's happening with our country, stay tuned. I'm going to take you to the book of Jude. Book of Jude took me about three months to get through it, but I I finally did. Those of you know, some people are laughing. Yeah, Cliff's laughing at me. It's a one-chapter book. (laughs) It's... There is no Jude 2. Turn to the book of Jude, verse 17. It says, But, dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. You can be seated. Amen. Scoffers who would divide because they don't have the Spirit. We have still an assemblance of independence in this country. We have our freedoms. We can go here and there and go about and do the things that we want to do and own homes and, and we certainly don't have some of the restrictions and the, and the, uh, the terrible removal of freedoms, say for example in, in China and, and some of the other countries that have been oppressed through communism. But I'll tell you what, the Marxists and the communists made a big, big mistake when they took over their nations and they tried to strip Jesus Christ away from their citizens More people were saved, more churches were started, more Bible was read under the oppression of communist regime in in, in China than in any other point in their history. Don't try to take it away from us because we have our own independence. We have our own freedom in Jesus Christ. But see, Jude, in Jude, we're finding out that there's a little little view into into history or into into the future. And, uh, And we know there are those that are dividing. Do you know that the president of the United States, our president of the United States, represents the entire country, right? All 300 and some million of us has now put out a declaration that the challenge that's facing the United States today is not radical Islamic terrorism. 
It's Christians. Christian extremists. He identified as the problem in the United States. Now, if that's not a foreshadow and a little snippet of what's to come, I don't know what is. But if that strikes fear in your heart, then I've got a message for you today. It is all about the Holy Ghost. And if you're just new here or just here very recently, I'm here to tell you that you're in a spirit-filled church. And what we mean by that is we operate, we are guided by, and we are dedicated to the spirit of the Holy Ghost. We speak in tongues, we shout the name of Jesus, we are guided and directed by the Holy Ghost. It's about the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Yes, we speak in tongues. Is that strange to you? Is that weird? We're not weird. One of my wife's favorite quotes from, uh, from Pastor Putnam, Bishop Putnam, God is not weird. You want to see weird? Turn on your television and scan through the channels. Take a look at your evening news and the things that go on in this world. That's weird. You're going to look at our church and say, well, you, you guys are tongue talkers, spirit-filled tongue speakers. That's weird. Nope. That's what it's all about. It's about the Holy Ghost. And everything that we do moving forward and the things that you do as a Christian person, guiding in your ministry, in your personal life, should be guided and directed and be focused on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, what is the Holy Ghost? Why, why do we talk about it in the way that we do? Well, of course, we know it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of Jesus. When Jesus left, he promised, I'll send you the Comforter. I'll come back and I will dwell in your hearts. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus Christ guiding and directing us. Amen. Amen. And we know that, that uh, speaking in tongues, of course, is the evidence. And that's what we teach when people come into the church and they repent and they're baptized. Anybody here recently received the Holy Ghost? Anybody in the group? Julie, aren't you raising your hand? <laughs> you were taught that evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues because that's what God had designed. And where the wind blows and listeth, there is something to be seen and something to be heard that's evidence. And I'll tell you, there's, a, there's another narrative in this world that says that if you accept God as your Savior, if you believe, you simply believe, you receive the Holy Ghost automatically. Well, that reminds me of the snake oil salesman back in the Old West. These guys would get a bunch of glass bottles and they'd fill it up with a little, little touch of whiskey, maybe a few other things, some bitters and some water and maybe a little syrup, some molasses. And they'd go from town to town and they would teach people. They'd go in there and say, this is magic medicine. I'm here to I, it's it's all for you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take care of all your issues, all your problems. It's the, it's the miracle worker. And people would buy this, expecting, because they believed the man expecting that they would, their ailments would be taken care of and their rheumatism would go away. And, um, of course, they would leave town and then stuff would never work. They had no evidence, no proof. So what I'm talking about today is it about being the Holy Ghost. We should come together every chance we get here at the church and get filled and refilled and refilled and build our armory in the Holy Ghost. That personal confidence that I was talking about with Marge Franklin, that strength comes from you standing in this altar as the Spirit of God moves back and forth and you can feel his presence and you're praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit. You're building your arms. You're building your strength and your confidence. And we need to do that at all point. You know, the Bible says, and it teaches us, that your Holy Ghost can run out. It's not a permanent fixture. You can quench the Spirit. 
If you go to Matthew chapter 25, you read about the ten virgins and the oil in the lamps. Now, in the Bible, many of you know and understand that oil in the Bible represents the Holy Ghost. And so the ten virgins go, and they're told to trim their lamps and wait for the bridegroom to come. Well, we know that's a, that's a type and shadow. Jesus is talking about him returning for the church. We're the bride. He's the bridegroom. And so five of the virgins don't bring enough oil. They weren't praying enough. They weren't coming to church enough. They weren't standing at the altar enough. They weren't worshiping in tongues enough. They weren't building that storehouse of oil enough. And the Bible says that their lamps went out. And the bridegroom came back to gather the wedding party and take them to the wedding. And they're running around saying, give me some of your oil. Give me some of your oil. Nope. The others said, no, I'm sorry. I've got just enough. And they needed their lamps because they needed to be able to see the direction to follow the bridegroom. And so it's proof you can run your Holy Ghost out. If you haven't prayed through, if you haven't been refilled, if you haven't actively sought praying in the Spirit, seeking God and worshiping in the Holy Ghost, your Holy Ghost is running out. And you can quench it. We've got to keep filling our lamps again and again. So where do you get the oil? The Bible says that the virgins were told, well, go find a merchant. Go find an oil merchant and get those lamps filled up. And that's what they tried to do. Well, by the time they did that, the bridegroom would come, take in the wedding party, shut the door of the house, and that was it. They were locked out. And so this is the oil merchant right here. Pastor Kylie is an oil merchant. God himself is an oil merchant. This pulpit is the source for the oil merchant. And we need to keep coming back and coming back and coming back. It's about the Holy Ghost. We should be ready at any point to powerfully worship and pray and shout in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues to build our spiritual strength and our confidence. We had an event here not too long ago, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I was very surprised. I was asked to lead Monday night worship. And it was, Sister Franklin actually was a big part of that topic. And then Sister, uh, 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 Sister Stepanovich was really struggling at that point. And of course, you know that she's now since passed. But we were brought together and asked to pray for her. She was taken over to hospice, and she was going down fast. And we started to pray. And I felt that God moved on me and said, just, just stop. Stop this English. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got power. There were several of us standing around in the group. And I said, folks, we got to stop. we got to lift up our voices and pray and worship in tongues, in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. Why? It's a pure language. It's pure communication with God. It's pure and it's powerful. And our voices lifted up. We raised up and there was a powerful move of the Holy Ghost at that moment. And I had a vision of that. Now, as I said, Sister Stepanovich did... Eventually, she passed on. We lost her. But she's celebrating her Independence Day today. She was full of the Holy Ghost. She was a Christian woman. But it wasn't about that. What it was about was God spoke to the several people that were here and said, this is what power really represents. Whatever's going to go on in the the country right now, whatever's going to happen with the politics and presidential elections, all that stuff is going to happen. And it wouldn't happen if God didn't allow it to happen. And we can't be focused on that because our war coming up isn't going to be about whether we've got enough guns at our house or whether we protest enough or if we've gone and voted enough. All that stuff, you know, voting is important. We've got to participate. We've got to do what we can to represent and try to do what we can to preserve the freedoms of the church. That's absolutely true. But our war is not going to be about guns and bullets and protests and politics and votes. Our war is going to be spiritual, and it is spiritual, and we've got to get good at it. 
We've got to become warriors in the Holy Ghost. We've got to stop this distraction. Amen. We've got to stop this distraction and getting too focused off on this other stuff. What is our mission? Our mission is to seek and to save that which is lost. To go out into the Great Commission, to go out into the world and find as many as we can and bring them to God and to save ourselves. That's it. And we can do that other stuff and we'll participate and we'll do our voting and we'll be a part of that. Absolutely. But we can't be distracted by it. And you've got to be ready for the time when we've got to fight. We've got to be ready to fight. And I'm not talking about physical fighting. God's coming is so close. And if you've got a lost, saved, a lost loved one, a lost friend, a lost child, daughter, son, aunt, uncle, and something happens to them, and their health is declining, and they're on their way out, boy, we got to be ready to come into that situation and just let fly with the Holy Ghost and powerfully pray. Use that armament that we're being given. And pray like we've never prayed before. That's what's going to bring down the strongholds. That's what's going to make the difference. People are going to be healed. Things are going to happen. Brother Barnicam, if you don't mind my sharing, I just talked to him just before service. He said that his mom was really, really struggling, not recognizing people. She was, her health was not in a good shape. And they discovered that she had blood clots. She, didn't, she wasn't talking right, wasn't recognizing people. Brother Barnicam and his family walked into the room, spent just a couple of minutes with her. And guess who walked in with her, with them? The Holy Ghost. He said nothing short of a miracle happened in that room as her whole countenance completely cleared. She suddenly began talking, recognizing, and she's the same feisty person she was before they walked in. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible talks about putting on the whole armor of God. The sword of the Spirit is part of the whole whole armor of God. We know the sword of the Spirit is the Word, right? But the Word is Jesus Christ, is it not? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But it's a sword sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. We need to recognize that we have the power with the Holy Ghost to use the Word in those situations. We need to be able to wield the sword. How do you do it? You do it through the Holy Ghost. You, just your presence walking into a room, Brother Marningham, Just your presence and your prayer and your family together created a miracle for that lady. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So modern Christianity is is, is telling people if they just accept the Lord as their Savior, they get the Holy Ghost automatically. Well, what a masterful plan by the enemy to trick people into believing they got something they don't got. The snake oil salesman. We need to understand and be able to be bold and powerful And not be ashamed and hide away of the fact that there is an evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? There's a bonus. Because after you receive it, and after you're infilled with it, there's gifts that come along with it. We should be seeking those gifts every day. Do you get up and say, God, how do you want to use me today? God, how can you use me in the Holy Ghost? What's my opportunity today to reach out and pray for somebody or pray for an event or make something happen? Speak to someone. Bring an encouragement. Bring a word of wisdom. Are we looking for that yet? Well, we need to get into boot camp because the world is changing very, very quickly and things are happening out there. And if you're fearful of it, it's because we're not focusing on what God's got for us. Do you understand that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is the single most powerful force that exists in the universe and it's contained in your heart? We need to start using it. 
It's about the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 16 and 17, talking about this, this snake oil that's out there. And, this, this, and, and why do I bring it up? Why do I bring up the fact that there's a, there's a modern Christianity narrative that's incorrect? I bring it up because it's, it's taken people away. And I'm going to share a scripture with you in just a moment, and I'll explain exactly what I mean. But it's taking people away. It's convincing them something that's wrong. It's a false doctrine. Our war isn't with Barack Obama or Islamic terrorists. All that. so our war is with the enemy who's taking souls away from us by convincing them that they have the Holy Ghost and they do not. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Everybody say, speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will be no means, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Those are wonderful works, aren't they? Now, let's correspond that to the scripture that identifies believers who've been sold to snake oil. Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me, In that day. Everybody say, In that day. When the Bible says, In that day, or that day, or the day, it's talking about the day that you're going to stand before God and answer for your life. It's talking about judgment day. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Okay, two scriptures that correspond to one another. These shines shall follow them that believe in Mark 16. It says they will cast out devils. Matthew chapter 1 says, well, in thy name did we not cast out devils? Okay, perhaps but if you, if you look at it this way, you say, well, Brother Cordell, how can, they, how can these folks that, aren't, that, that Jesus is calling workers of iniquity, how can they cast out devils? Well, if you're the devil, and you've sent devils into somebody, and you want to trick people into believing that they're saved, and they say, get out of this person, and they've got no Holy Ghost, they've got no power, well, you can simply say, okay, guys, get out of that guy, because we're going to make them think he's casting them out. It's the trick of the devil. So in Mark 16, 17, in Matthew chapter 7, we got two groups of people that say, well, we casted out devils in your name. In Mark 16, they did. And perhaps in Matthew 7, they did, or 20, excuse me, 7, 21, they did also. But they go on to say, and in thy name, excuse me, they said in thy name, uh, prophesied in thy name and cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. What's missing? The Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, exactly. 1617 says, these shines shall follow them. They'll cast out devils and speak with new tongues. So here this group of believers on the day of judgment is standing before Jesus Christ saying, Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these great things? Haven't we cast out devils and talked in your name and done wonderful works? You know, there's a lot of people in this world walking around doing all the Christian-y things. They're listening to Christian radio in their house, and they've got all the trappings, scriptures hanging on their wall, and that's great. And they're sincere. Many of them are very sincere. But they've been lied to. They've been sold snake oil because it's about the Holy Ghost. And that group of people is going to stand there and say, what happened? We did all these things for you. And Jesus is literally going to look at them and say, get out of here. I don't know you. 
calls them workers of iniquity. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. So why was tongues left out? Where'd they miss it? Check out what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 1. 2 Timothy 3 and 1. says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. As I read this list, see if any of this rings a bell with stuff you see out there when you're working and going about. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce bakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Oh, man, are they hating us good folks these days. Oh, Anybody ever hear, have you hear this stuff going on out there that because you disagree, you're a hater? I disagree with your lifestyle. You hate me. Nope, I just disagree with your lifestyle. Nope, the narrative's already out there. It's already set in stone. And children from little, little, little age, grade school kids, are being taught that right now. If, if, if you don't agree, then you're, you hate, you're a hateful person. It's already in stone, folks. It's already out there. What's going to protect you from it in the future? The Holy Ghost. Exactly. Despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And here it is, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now that word power in the Greek is spelled D-Y-N-A-M-I-S, looks like dynamis. It's actually pronounced dunamis. Dunamis means power, miraculous power, or the ability to do the miraculous. They were denying the power thereof. So in other words, They were kicking the Holy Ghost out of the picture. Paul writes it to Timothy and tells him about it. Denying the miraculous power related to the Holy Ghost or simply just not agreeing with receiving the Holy Ghost. I've got it. I believed in the Lord. So how do we know in that scripture specifically they're talking about receiving the Holy Ghost? I'm trying to prove through the scriptures. I'm making some assertions here, and I'm not just going to put it out there as opinion. It's in the scripture. It's about the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He shall receive power. Guess what? That word power translates the same way. It's dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see that? That, that particular word, and for those of you who want to study it, it's, it's Strong's Concordance Reference G1141. It's dunamis. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, dunamis, and of love and of a sound, sound mind. That's how we know that the dunamis, or the power that's referenced in the other scripture, is the same thing as the Holy Ghost. It's miraculous power. It's the same as the Holy Ghost in both scriptures. In Acts chapter 19, we have, a, we have an excellent, this is Paul preaching and ministering. He leaves Corinth, and he's heading to Ephesus. And he comes, this is Acts chapter 19, and he comes across a group of people. You know the story. He comes up across a group of disciples. And uh, they're believers now. Okay, now remember, believe and you're saved, right? He comes across this group of believers, and he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, we don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Well, how were you baptized? Well, we were baptized under John's repentance. And Paul quotes John to them and says, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He said, you got to follow the guy that's coming later, and that is Jesus, right? What's our version of Jesus right now? Holy Ghost. It's about the Holy Ghost. So Paul tells him, you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to do the right thing. And so what does he do? Immediately baptizes him. 
Well, that's not necessary. You know, that was for the old time. That's just an outward, outward expression of inward faith. You don't have to do that. Right? Paul commands it in the book of Acts in, in a couple of occasions. So he baptizes them, and then he lays his hands on them, and they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy, full of the Holy Ghost. Guess which Holy Ghost? Dunamis, the power. Now, you go a little bit further down, and it talks about Paul preaching and ministering for several months, and uh, there's a character that he encounters, or at least the sons of this character, and many of you know this story, the seven sons of Sceva. Now, Sceva, Sceva already is kind of a nasty, ugly name, isn't it? Would you? Sceva, it just sounds terrible. Anyway, well, this guy is a, is, a, is a chief priest. He's a leader, and, uh, and he's an exorcist, and he teaches this to his boys. He's got seven sons. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to be magical and magicians and do all this stuff, and it garners attraction from the people, and they get money for it and all this stuff. Well, th- these boys... They see what's going on. They know about Paul's preaching. And the Bible says in that scripture in Acts chapter 19 that by the time Paul is there, all of Asia has now heard the word of God. Okay, so they know what's going on. And they've heard the stories. They've heard the testimony of people who've received the Holy Ghost, the dunamis. And so these characters decide, well, we're going to do this. We want to do it our way. And they encounter a man who's full of demons. And the Bible says that the seven sons try to cast out this demon out of this man, these demons out of this man. And one of the demons speaks up and says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, who are you? Now why didn't the devils know who he was? Because he was not full of the Holy Ghost. He knew Jesus, he knew Paul, but this guy had nothing. So guess what happens to him? He didn't cast any demons out, and the devil didn't call the guys out. Those, that guy jumped on seven brothers and beat the tar out of them till they ran out of the house beaten and naked. I'll tell you what, folks, when it starts coming down, when the real spiritual war starts in this country, I do not be, want to be one that's standing by and can't stand before a man full of demons or full of spirits and say, in the name of Jesus, get out and have that demon-filled man jump on me and beat the tar out of me. I don't want that. And all these folks that are just greatly sincere and believing that they're full of the Holy Ghost, I don't want it for them either. In Jesus' name, we got to reach them out. It's about the Holy Ghost. This whole thing is about the Holy Ghost. You've heard me comment several times from this pulpit that I've encountered people so many times talking about their faith. I love to talk to people about their faith. I like to share. I thank God for people who go to church and who are sincerely seeking God. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm not tearing anybody down who's followed into this, this modern Christianity doctrine. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a criticism. I sincerely strive for those people. I like to share faith, and I thank God for people that are faithful. But I don't want them to be in a position when that happens to them. I don't want them to be in a position where they're standing in that day. And God says, get out of here. I don't know you. We got to reach them. And we got to tell the truth. And the way that we're going to get it out there is through the power of the Holy Ghost. The government tries to stop us. It won't work. Rules, laws, Islamic terrorism. It's not going to work if you're strong, if you're ready, and if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Simple as that. Only with the true filling of the Holy Ghost do we have the power, the dunanimous, excuse me, the dunamis, 
to take on the enemy. You try to do it without the Holy Ghost and you're going to be in trouble. The Holy Ghost provides us, the Bible tells us, powerful witness. Powerful witness. You've got a tool in your, in your gun belt that is so powerful. And I know some of you use it. I know some of you are great at using it. But I'm talking to those ones who are just coming up. Those ones that are just starting to learn. Those ones that are just starting to realize your identity with the Holy Ghost. That's who I'm talking to today. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, 12, that the Holy Ghost, dunamis, shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Anybody here in this room been in a situation where you began speaking about God, talking to somebody, and the Holy Ghost comes on you, and the scriptures start to roll, right? Amen. If you had that, say amen. Amen. There's scriptures that the Holy Ghost has brought to my mind that I didn't know I remembered. Awesome. Awesome. That's a humbling experience. Thank you, God, that you're willing to do that because my old mind can't memorize all this stuff like I used to. John chapter 14 and 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Well, Brother Cordell, I can't witness. I, I'm shy. I can't, I, don't, I can't speak to people of the word. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not very good with the Bible scriptures. can't remember my references. No excuse. Don't worry about memorizing it. Read it. And then come to this altar, every opportunity that you have, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and start speaking in tongues, and use that spirit that God gave you, and fire it up, because it's that experience, it's that practice, that when the time comes, and you're presented with the opportunity, that Holy Ghost is going to sneak up on you, and the scriptures are going to start to roll, and the words that you need, it's not all about scripture either. When I stepped up to Marge's bedside, John, I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. That's a scary position to be in. I love Marsh. She's been a friend of mine for a long time, all of your family. But to step up to that bedside, knowing that very soon she's not going to be with us, what do I say? What do I do? And I touched her hand, and the Holy Ghost just came on me. And I knew she was right there with me. And the words just came. I don't even remember what I said. All I remember is I felt a boldness and a strength come out of that woman. And I thought, what have I got to worry about? She and God got it all together. They got it all taken care of. Amen. I know I'm ripping through this pretty fast, and I promised I wouldn't. I promised Pastor Kylie I wouldn't hold everybody too long and go too far. So I'm flying through pretty quickly. So I'm I'm going to be closing. What I'm trying to say is, I want to be a Holy Ghost warrior. I don't want to be super super great at protesting and all that political stuff. I can't stand it anymore. I can't take it. This negative, nasty, ugliness, divides people, makes people angry. But I can get in my prayer closet and I can pray to God for his will to be done in this country. We have the president we have because God allowed that president to be the president. And the next president we have is going to be there because God allowed that president to be there. It's in his hands and I just do my part. But I want to be a Holy Ghost warrior. I want to be so good. I, want to, I strive and desire to be so good at hearing God's word and following him and guide using what, the, what he has given me in the Holy Ghost that when the opportunity comes, I can be like Paul and walk in and say, have you, have you been baptized since you believed? Well, no, my, my pastor said uh, we didn't have to be baptized. Let me share some scripture with you. Boom, 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 boom. And then lay hands on him and watch him get the Holy Ghost right on the spot. That's what I want to do. And I want that for our church too. The Apostolic Pentecostal Church in the world 
has got the most amazing power and ability. I told you not too long ago that there are nearly 300 million Pentecostal, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled Christians around this world ministering and teaching and reaching. God's going to do a mighty work through this church if you're willing. If you're willing to be a Holy Ghost warrior, God will do it for you. Amen. We've got to reach the lost and we've got to beat the enemy. And we're not going to do it with guns and votes and all that other stuff. What's gonna, it's already been prophesied. Folks, we know what, what direction we're going in. Well, if we get this guy in, he'll get a better Supreme Court. Really? Look what the Supreme Court has given us. Roe versus Wade. Obamacare. Gay marriage. And the list goes on and on. And we've had good presidents put guys in. We've had bad presidents put guys in. We're not getting it out of the Supreme Court, folks. We're getting it out of the Supreme Leader. And that's truth. Look at the next scriptures in Jude. Now, I stopped in Jude at verse 21, but let's look at the scriptures, the next scriptures in Jude, chapter 1. Verse 22 and 23 says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. See, this chapter, this this book of Jude, is a prophetic look at the world that we're about to face. And the message isn't there, run around and be political, be fearful, worry about things. The message is there, have compassion. Make a difference. Save with fear. And that fear isn't, don't scare people into the church. That fear is respect and honor of God. Pull them out of the fire. And hate the sin. That's what he's saying. And finally, just one more point about it's about the Holy Ghost. And you can stand with me this morning. One more point about the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8 says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't get out of here. And it's coming. It's coming soon. The last trump, the trump will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And they that remain and are alive will meet him in the air. In a moment, in a twinkling of of an eye at the last trump. And this church is going to be gone. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, you do not go. It's as simple as that. The Holy Ghost quickens our body. When the Bible says that, it simply means transforms. We, we cease to be flesh and we become spirit. The same spirit that quickened Jesus at his resurrection will take you out of here. And that's something that we can share with people. Are you sure you have the Holy Ghost? Well, I believed. Well, I was baptized. I accepted the Lord. You've got to be sure. You've got to know. Because when it comes time for the church to go, If you don't have this, you're not going with them. Folks, I encourage you this morning, think about becoming a Holy Ghost warrior. Use that power that's within you. Build that confidence. When the time comes and you can attack the devil, let's go on the offensive. Did David stand behind a rock or a tree, slinging the stones, whipping it around, waiting for Goliath to come at him? What did he do? He picked up those stones put him in his pouch, grabbed one in a sling, and he ran towards Goliath. Ran at a giant, probably four times taller than him, 
covered in chain mail and armor. God took him out with one stone. In Jesus' name. Let's become Holy Ghost warriors. Let's come down to this altar this morning. And if you haven't prayed through for a while, I recommend just lift up your voice. It's not wrong. It's not weird to pray out in tongues. It's not false. It's scriptural. God directed the children of Israel to dance around the walls of Jericho. Told them exactly how many times to circle it. He told them to be quiet. He told them when to talk, what to say, when to praise, when to blow the horns. And he's saying right now, you need to circle Jericho. And now is the time to shout. No more silence. No more quiet. Jericho is going down and it needs to happen now. And you need to circle the city and shout and worship in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.